The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Today we continue our series on the spiritual armor that God has provided for us and the spiritual battles that we face in life. We've already looked at the girdle of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. Today we're looking at the footwear that God has provided and we ask the question, are you barefoot in the battle? Can you imagine going into battle without any shoes on? To put it in more modern terms, think about a football game. Can you imagine the Miami Dolphins taking the field without their cleats. Footwear is extremely important in the contests of life. Today we see that God has provided us with the most perfect footwear we could have, the preparation of the gospel of peace. Join us today and tomorrow as we consider this item of armor that is so essential to our success in our daily battles. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Let's go. 
turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you barefoot in the battle? <laughs> Are you barefoot in the battle? Last week we looked at the item of spiritual armor that's called the breastplate of righteousness. And we've seen that it's important that our hearts be right with God as we engage in the spiritual battle that we have here in this world. Now, that's not, that's not the same thing the world means when they say, get your heart right with God. The world uses that phrase to mean that you've got to get your heart right with God in order to go to heaven. Well, I don't care how much you try, you're never going to get your heart right enough to qualify it for heaven. God has to give you a new heart. <laughs> but the question here is not about those trying to get, doing something to go to heaven. But we're talking about those who are on the way to heaven. Those who are born again children of God, our hearts can sometimes be not right with God. We can be out of fellowship with Him. I, I've been out of fellowship with Him uh, every day of my life at some point. But the point of that item of armor, the breastplate of righteousness, is that we need to, we need to conform our walk as best we can in a, to the obedience of the Word of God. We need to engage in practical godliness, practical holiness in our lives. We ought to, in other words, we ought to look like we're children of God. We can be a child of God and look like the world. Ask Lot when you get to heaven. Read about Lot in the Word of God, and we find out he's a child of God, but he looked like the world. But we ought not look like the world. It's a shame if nobody can tell us apart out in the world. So that's what the breastplate of righteousness is all about. And then the first item that was mentioned was the girdle of truth, being girt about with the belt or girdle of truth. And we, you recall we talked about the fact that that item of armor simply means that we have to have the truth. It binds everything else together. That girdle is what the sword fits on. It's what the breastplate attaches to. And, and it's that which keeps the other pieces together. It keeps us grounded. In fact, the church is supposed to be the pillar which holds up the truth and the ground of, of truth upon which our lives are built. Today, though, we're turning to another item of armor, our footwear, our footwear. And the question that I asked, I ask again, are we barefoot in the battle? <laughs> Think about going into battle barefoot. God wants us to be prepared for the battle. He wants us to know our enemy. We've spent several weeks talking about our our trinity of enemies. And he wants us to put on the spiritual armor that he's provided for us in our battle against those enemies. And we've already talked about the first two items, as I've already said. And notice what he says in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He goes on to talk about the fact that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness in high places. And he says in verse 13, when we take on that whole armor, he says that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, verse 14, stand therefore. <laughs> I think it's important to God that we stand, isn't it? Sounds like it to me. He repeats it four times there. And that word stand is a military term. It means to hold a critical position during an enemy attack. And, and remember what we said, too. We're not talking about taking new ground. We're not talking about an offensive endeavor. We're standing on the ground that's already been paid for by Christ. The image here, though, is of a soldier refusing to yield ground to an attacker 
And it's, it's the, the ground that, we've stand, that we're standing upon has already been won. So today, we want to look at our feet. Think about what it would be like to march into battle barefoot. <laughs> we need to ask ourselves that question. Are we barefoot in the battle? Let's talk about this for just a minute. As we read here in Ephesians 6 and verse 14. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What we're going to talk about this morning are the boots of the gospel. The boots of the gospel. You see, the gospel boots are an essential part of our spiritual armor. I'll give you a couple of examples. You know, sometimes we just don't think about our, our footwear, do we? We just don't think about what we put on. In 2010, Sherry and I and the kids took a trip up to South Dakota, and we went to Badlands National Park. It's the first time we'd been to that particular national park and hadn't really prepared a whole lot. Didn't intend to stay there very much, uh, very long. We kind of went through it, and then we, we just loved it so much we wanted to get out and walk. So we did. We got out, and there were some hiking trails. There was quite a few there. Well, I hadn't prepared to hike. I had on tennis shoes. And they weren't a real good pair of tennis shoes. So we didn't, we, we had a great time that, I mean, the kids talk about it still, how much fun we had. And we did, but we only kind of got a taste of it because we didn't have the right footwear to go hiking. There were, some, there were some places that we needed some hiking shoes to go on. So in 2020, 10 years later, when we went to Glacier National Park, we knew we were going to do some hiking there. So what we did is bought hiking boots, those kind that lace up above the ankle. You know, I had on those, had on those tennis shoes that, you know, are down below the ankle, and I can't tell you how many times I nearly broke my ankle turning it, you know, going through some of those rocks. But we got the right kind of shoes. Why not tennis shoes? Why didn't we go hiking barefoot? Because it would have been foolish. <laughs> it would have been foolish. Now, here's another example. Some of you that farm know what I'm talking about here. It's important when you're out on the farm that you have what I call brogan shoes, some kind of boots or brogans that are, have a thick sole, okay? I had the, I had the boys out helping me. It's, I don't know, Austin was probably, he was in his teens, might have been 14 or 15 years old. And I, I, had, I had gone over to the farm and we were working around the chicken houses and uh, Mason and Austin came on later and Austin couldn't find his work boots couldn't find his brogans so he had on a pair of tennis shoes well lo and behold it wasn't 30 minutes till he had stepped on a nail and run that nail all the way up through them that sole of the tennis shoes into his foot you see i stepped on nails all the time in those thick soled work boots if you got the right kind of footwear that doesn't happen but you see our footwear is important and that's why paul here is using the armor of a roman soldier that they would have understood about in that day to describe for us what we need in a spiritual sense. And I want to say to you, beloved, messed up feet mean a messed up fight, okay? If you're out trying to, trying to fight, can you imagine a barefoot hiker? Can you imagine a construction worker in sandals, open-toed shoes of some sort? Can you imagine a football player putting on dress shoes to go out there on the field? We need to understand how important the right shoes are to what we are doing. You see, back in the Roman days, they didn't have landmines. They didn't have that kind of artillery. 
Uh, but what they had was the enemy would often put sharp spikes under the ground and they covered up by leaves or they covered it up by dirt. And so a soldier in that day needed sturdy boots or he would suffer a debilitating injury. I don't care how invincible the rest of your armor is. I don't care how good your breastplate is or how strong your helmet is or how sharp your sword is. If you get your feet messed up to where you can't walk, you are useless in the battle. In fact, you're in danger in the battle. The Romans had a boot, it was a little half boot called a caliga. The caliga was a rugged half boot and it allowed the Roman army to travel through all kinds of terrains. Because of the boot they had, they could travel farther and faster than their enemies. The boot had, had little nails protruding from the underside, kind of like cleats we would call it today. But those little nails gave them firm footing. You know, think about if the feet get swollen or blistered or, or cut or something like that, then the soldier is going to be greatly hindered in that battle. May not be able to march, might not be able to stand. And they had needed these boots for all kinds of terrain. They were fighting in jungles. You know, the Romans ruled the known world in that, in that day, the Mediterranean world, which went all the way from, uh, from the rocks of Gibraltar all the way over to the Holy Land. And there was, there, was, uh, there was mountainous territory. There were desert lands. There was all kinds of territory. They had to fight in the snow and in the jungles. And they needed boots that would carry them through all of those different kinds of terrain. Well, beloved, our spiritual feet must be properly shod. And the gospel boots that we have are rugged spiritual footwear that will carry us through the spiritual battle in every kind of terrain that we may fight in, in the schoolyard, in the, in the workplace, in the home, in the colleges and universities. The, the gospel footwear, the gospel boots will carry us through like those old Roman soldiers' boots would do. Think about it. Our boots, our gospel boots, are essential to protect us from the enemy. We've talked about the enemy, our, the world, the flesh, and the devil. We need the gospel boots to protect us from the enemy. The gospel is our greatest protection, to be quite frank. And it takes some preparation. Notice it said... The preparation of the gospel of peace. That is literally means the act of preparing. And, and I tell you, beloved, it takes action to prepare uh, for the spiritual battle. We can't just be complacent and sit around and say, oh, well, we're going to be in heaven one day and that's good enough for me. Well, hey, praise God. That's part of the gospel. That's the part that will sustain us. But we need to know these things. We need to know and prepare ourselves to stand firm against the enemy. And you got to have the right shoes on to do this. So how do we prepare? How do we prepare? Well, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 tells us that we are to study. Okay? Listen to what it says. 2 Timothy 2, 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I like the way the Apostle Paul alternates from time to time through different uh, visions that he will give us of how it is of what we're doing you know in this place here in Ephesians we're soldiers we're soldiers in a battle 
Over in, over in 2 Timothy, we're workmen. You know, it's a labor. It's a labor to, you know, you say, well, what are you talking about, preacher? A labor? Are we trying to get people to heaven? Is that what we're doing? No, we're not trying to get people to heaven. We couldn't, we can't even get our own selves to heaven. <laughs> but what we're laboring to do, as I said earlier, is to act like those who are going to heaven. See, we are going to heaven by the grace of God, by the sacrifice of Christ. He has made that certain, not just made it possible, he's made it certain he saved his people from their sins. I'm going to come back to that in a minute because this is part of that gospel message that we need to have wrapped around our feet protecting us in the battle. But he has saved us from our sins, but we need to study what? To get more knowledge? To try to progress and get smarter than everybody else? No, to show ourselves approved unto God. A workman. See, it's a work. It's a labor to be living like we ought to live i don't i can i can only use my own example because that's the one i'm most familiar with but i know it applies to you as well it's a struggle every day i i sherry knows this some of my kids know this i've got to where i wake up about 3 15 or 3 30 just about every morning and I will lay there for a little while thinking it'll be different today and I won't get all this stuff going through my head and get worked up about it, but it usually doesn't happen. So this morning I got on up about 4.30, 4.45 because what happens about 3.15 in the morning, I don't know about you, but what happens to me is, you know, I can, I can deal with the problems in my life right now. And when the daylight's out there and, and, and it's time to get to work, I can deal with the problems of life. It's in 3.15 or 3.30 in the morning when I get to thinking about all the troubles and all the problems and the issues that I need to deal with and the problems in the family and the problems in the church and the problems in the workplace and the problems in the community and all those things that are going on, that's when I am most engaged in the spiritual battle. And I usually lose, <laughs> quite frankly, I usually lose. If I could put all those things out of my mind and trust the gospel like I should, I'd go right back to sleep and sleep like a baby. But most of the times I lose. But my point is this. I struggled every day with this battle. I struggle every day to just be a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Because you see, the devil comes whispering in the mornings, that situation will never work out. Oh, there's no hope here in this situation. And that's, that's when I begin to believe him. That's when I struggle with believing him. And I pray and I cry out like Peter, save me, Lord. And, and ultimately the, the dawn comes and usually he does. Usually I end up having a much better day than I start off with. But you see, it's a work. It's a labor. And he says we're to, we need to study to show ourselves approved. What does that mean? That means study. Study means study. It means be diligent. Get into the word of God. I don't have these troubles when I'm in the Word of God. I don't have these troubles when I'm regularly hearing the Word preached, when, I'm, when instead of listening to the stuff that the world wants me to listen to, I put on Grace Alone Radio or I turn on some other sermon or some hymn, that's, uh, some Christian music out there, when I can fill my mind with the right kind of things. I don't have a problem. The problems that I do when I'm listening to the world and living like the world. Romans 12. Romans 12 and verse, two, verse 1. Listen to this. He says in Romans 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Notice that everything starts with the mercies of God. <laughs> I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, 
holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now listen, and be not conformed to this world. You know, that's the hardest thing we have to do in life, is to keep from being conformed to the world. That's what he's talking about when he says to stand. Don't give up ground to the world. Don't let the world take your your defensive position. You know, the world, some, the world wants the high ground. You keep the high ground. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. You know, I've had people tell me before, you know, I, I just, you know, I just don't read the Bible. I don't really feel like I need to. I, I kind of got it all up here. I want to say to you, beloved, that's the devil lying to you right there. Let me tell you something. I stay in the Word of God. I've studied the Word of God. I've read through the Word of God several times, completely through it. You say, well, you know, you know how you take a novel sometimes in the world and you've read the novel and you say, I've read it, now put it aside, <laughs> you know. You can do that with a book of the world. You can't do that with this book. I don't care if you go through the Bible every year. You can take that, you know, I've not done that, and I should, but you can do that, that study plan that'll take you through the Bible, reading it in a year. I encourage you to do that. If you have never done it, do it. it, it I've done that last year. I did it. And man, it, it made a difference in my life. That year, last year was a pretty good year, you know? <laughs> and I think back on why. It's because I stayed in the Word of God, you know? Then I get away from it, and I don't care how many times you have gone through it. I don't know how, care how much you've memorized it. When you get away from it, your life is, you're just letting things, you know that Hebrews, over in Hebrews, in the second chapter, it says, take heed lest you let them slip, let these things slip. You know, he didn't say, take heed and don't throw them away. Certainly, you shouldn't throw them away, but no, very few people that I know uh, that were once committed Christians that have since drifted away and are no longer committed Christians, no longer committed to the Word, to the church, to their families, to whatever it may be, very few of them stood up one morning and said, you know what, I'm just going to throw all that away. <laughs> It was just a slow creep. It was just a slipping away. Just like we've talked about before, out in the, down on the beach, when you get out in the water on the float, and the next thing you know, when you look up, you're out in the water, and your, your, your uh, tent, your umbrella, and your chairs are way up the beach. It's just kind of, you just kind of slipped away. <laughs> That's what, it's not, I don't get up in the morning and say, I'm not going to serve the Lord today. This is, this is my day to not serve the Lord, you know. I don't do that. <laughs> I hope you don't. <laughs> But I don't get up and just say, I'm consciously decided today is the day that I'm going to, be, I'm going to live like the devil. <laughs> but you know what? I live like the devil quite a bit. I live like the world too much. It's because I just let it slip, you see. Here's how, you're, here's how you don't let it slip. He said, don't be conformed, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. That means that you are constantly in your mind focusing upon the things of God, upon the Word of God, upon the kingdom of God, studying the Word so that you might not slip back. Think about what the Word of God does. We won't turn there, but Psalms in the 119th Psalm, read that sometime. It's all about the Word of God. The longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119, and it's all about the Word of God. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you're in the spiritual battle, you're a warrior in the battle, you're a spiritual soldier, you need to see the path in front of you. You need to know where you're putting your feet that are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The Word of God is what gives you that light. 
He tells us in Psalm 119 and verse 114, Thou art my hiding place and my shield. Sounds like we need a shield if you're going to be a soldier. We're going to talk about a shield of faith in, a, in another sermon or two. But here's, here we read that the word of God is my, thy shield. He says, I hope in thy word. He said, thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. You know where we get the faith? You know where we build up our faith that the Lord has given us? Through the word of God. Psalm 119 and 133 says, order my steps in thy word. You think about Soldiers marching in order. Soldiers marching in step. You know, the way we stay in step with one another is through the Word of God. He says in Psalm 119 and verse 165, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. <laughs> if we stay focused on the Word of God, that's, that's, how we sh that's how we put on the boots of the gospel, is we stay in the Word of God. We, we put on the boots of gospel, the gospel by studying the word and also by coming to church. The, the church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. It's the place where you'll hear the true gospel preached, or at least you should. You know, over in the book of Acts, the 16th chapter, in the beginning there, we're told that, there was a, that uh, Paul went to, uh, to Derbe and Lystra and found Timothy there. And, um, and, and he took Timothy with him. And, uh, and went and circumcised him. And then it says in verse 4, they went through the cities and they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. What's that talking about? They took them the word of God to the churches. And listen to this. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Where do you want to go to be increased in the faith? Go to church. Go to church. But go to a church that's preaching the truth. Not just any church. The church where the truth of God's word is preached, you see. Because you see, it's important that we are shod with the right gospel boots. It's important that we get that right. Otherwise, we will stumble and fall. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, or 14 rather, uh, it's primarily talking there about tongues, speaking in tongues. But I want to grab one verse there in verse 8 where it says that if the trumpet make an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? The idea there is, you know, in those days, nowadays we've got walkie-talkies and all kinds of, you know, cell phones and other ways of satellite phones, ways of communicating among the troops. But back then, the only way they had to, to sound the charge or to sound the retreat or to send out some other signal was to blow a certain sound on the trumpet. Can you imagine if somebody kind of hadn't practiced up on the trumpet and they said, okay, sound the retreat, <laughs> and he blew the charge? <laughs> And the next thing you know, they're, they're, they're attacking when they should be retreating or they're retreating when they should be attacking. If, if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, how are you going to prepare, prepare yourself for the battle? In other words, this is, this is the point. Our preachers and you as a congregation need to be certain and clear about the message. Otherwise, we're going to be unprepared for the battle. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 
1847 at gmail.com or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J C H R I S M C C O O L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you, is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.